911. What is your emergency? Ladies never kiss and tell, but we do kill and tell. Breaking news, what could be a major development in a decades-old cold case. Human remains were found today in the Concord River in Lowell. Now, that is the same river where parts of a missing woman's car were found yesterday. In a break in a 39-year-old cold case involving a missing Chelmsford teenager, 17-year-old Judith Chartier was last seen leaving a party in Bill Ricca on June 5th, 1982. Friends say they last saw her around 2 that morning driving a 1972 Dodge Dart Swinger. Investigators say that they have positively identified a vehicle pulled from the Concord River in Bilrica as the vehicle she was driving. Investigators hope the car will provide more clues as to what happened to Chartier. Hey guys. Hey, what's up? My name's Kelsey. And I'm Kaylee. And this is Kill and Tell Podcast. Back at it again with another murder. <laughs> we can't say that every time. It's not, it's not even a murder, is it? <laughs> Be like, hey guys, today we're killing another person today, and I don't you go. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? My name's Kelsey, and you're listening to Kill and Tell Podcast. You guys don't understand this. It's like an everyday with us. Kill and tell gone wrong. <laughs> Kill and tell, but can't even tell. Stabby, stabby coffee. <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> Three, two, two one. one. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kaylee. And this is... Kill and Tell Podcast. Back at it again, but not with another murder. This time, it's a lost and found. Oh. Oh. Yeah. A show and tell. Oof. 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 That sounds weird. <laughs> you know, for my show and tell when I was a kid, I brought a stuffed animal black cat that I named Spooky. You were destined to be a true crime podcast. I was destined to be a spookster. I brought a picture of my grandpa <laughs> who asked me why I was showing and telling him. I was like, I don't know. thought it would be fun. He was very odded out. Uh. Um, anyways... But no, so this is another local case, because you know we like to keep it local. Oh, this is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. It actually in... happened in Chumsford. Oh, wow. Really local. I mm-hmm. also didn't know that there was a lost and found in Mass. Yeah. I didn't really know what to call it, because it was like a missing person's case, but then it was a found person's case, but it was still, I don't know what happened to the person case. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Like, they don't, like nobody knows the story? Nobody knows. Kaylee. <laughs> We're trying to keep them around. I feel like they're, they are feeding off of my true-to-self-caffeinated energy right now. Yeah. They're like, wow, these two? They're like, these are crackheads, but I'm here for it. They probably think we injected epinephrine. 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 Oh, good. 
All right, diving in. We have to do coffee corner. Oh. Today's coffee corner is brought to you by one of our Twitchers, our spooksters. Our that's spooksters what we call them now. Who got us Duncan coffee? And today I am drinking a caramel iced coffee black, and it's really good. And I'm drinking a medium iced with one pump of mocha and oat milk. You can make the most basic coffee sound really fancy. Can I? And I'm trying to entice people to go get it. And it's delicious. And thank you to our Twitch fans. And we think, maybe, we should do cases that only people on Twitch can hear. And that way they're not recorded for our podcasts, like Spotify and Apple. And then you can come hang with us live, right? Oh, yeah, but this isn't going to be one of those episodes. This isn't one. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. So today's case is local, like we said, but we're actually going back in time to the 80s. So bring out those scrunchies and colored tights because we're going for a ride. I actually have an 80s party to go to next month, and I bought my outfit last night. Actually, this case made headlines recently with some updates. That is kind of why I caught my eye to do it. Oh, wait. Wow, I'm enticed. So... This is the case of Judith Chartier. In 1982, Judith was 17 years old and lived in Chelmsford, Massachusetts, and she was working at a local fast food restaurant part-time. Judith was one of eight children, and she had seven other brothers. So literally imagine being the only girl in a house of all boys. You're literally on a football team. Yeah. (laughs) Judy was also engaged at the time to Roger Balcom. And they had been engaged for around four months at the time that this took place. After work one day, Judy asked her father if he would come outside to her car so that he could check her trunk for her because she was too scared to open it on her own. Did she say why she was scared? No, nobody knows why she wanted her dad to check her trunk. But so he did and there was nothing in there. But even though there wasn't anything in there, it's still kind of suspicious. Like, I don't just get home and be like, hey, dad, can you come outside and open my trunk because I'm scared that there's someone in there. Well, it's just weird that, like, you have an inkling that something's in there that shouldn't be. Right. That just means, like, she thinks someone had access to her car and her trunk. Oh, God. Her mom actually told investigators later on that a co-worker of Judy's was threatening and harassing her and that her daughter was scared for her life. However, nothing more was ever mentioned about this lead. Hmm. So that's just, like, mystery number two, and we're only yeah beginning. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Yeah, what's that? And we're literally... <laughs> Who's harassing her? What are they doing? Why does she think something's in the trunk? We still don't know. Why are her parents not like, oh, kind of weird. Like, my kid's freaked out about her trunk. If I called my dad and was like, hey, can you come open my trunk? He'd be like, first of all, no. (laughs) I was going to say, my mom would be like, I literally don't have time for that. Right. I'm sorry, no. (laughs) She'd be like, you you can open your own trunk. You're more than capable. You can keep me on the phone while you do it. Right. But like, can you make it quick? Because I have a lot to do. <laughs> On the night of June 5th, 1982, Judy and Roger attended a friend's party in Billerica, Massachusetts. And Billerica is about seven miles from Chumsford. So, I mean, honestly, like a five, ten minute drive, depending on how fast you drive. And woodsy. Think of like the conjuring and that's like the vibe I get from Billerica. Do you not? No, I don't oh. actually. And Judith drove her and Roger to the party in her 1972 black Dodge Dart Swinger, which I kind of thought was odd because I feel like in the 80s, the guys were still driving girls around, right? Is that, is he your boyfriend? They're engaged. Oh, and this man's isn't driving? No. Oh my gosh. Judith. She was like, oh no, just wifey things over here. So while the two were at the party, a guy had started to show interest in Judy 
and Roger became extremely jealous, so they started arguing. Roger can't be jealous if he didn't drive that girl to the party. Roger has no say. I know. And there's also some speculation on timing of the events during the party. So basically, most reports conclude that Judy drove her fiance back home because they were arguing, and then she returned to the party on her own. And friends say that she left the party by herself around 2 a.m. So, you know. Unsure of what actually happened. And Roger actually did an interview with Fox 25 News. And he says, quote, I always got a little jealous too. So that kind of turned into an argument that night, unquote. Balcom says that they left in her car and Judy dropped him off at his home around the corner. And he says, quote, afterwards, she'd always pull in the driveway, drop me off go right down Alvina, which is a street. Then she'd call me, let it ring twice, and I know she was home. You know, but that night I never got a call, unquote. (laughs) Honestly, back then, so we kind of have to think back, there wasn't cell phones. Right. So that means she was calling from her home phone, which means she would have to get home, which means she usually called him every night when she got home. But if she went straight to the party... She wouldn't have called him. She wouldn't have called him right then. Right. So, I don't know. That part is a little confusing. She wouldn't have had to call him if he was doing the driving and he dropped her off first and made (laughs) sure that she got home and safely inside, but it's fine. And actually, Roger was never a person of interest or suspect in this case. They actually cleared him out. They had his phone tap and he did a lie detector test and he did a bunch of interviewing and he passed everything and they were like, nope, not a person of interest. That's all not stuff to base somebody off of. No, nope. You can't even use a polygraph in court. No. Right. And somebody can pass an interview if they're a pathological liar. Right. And good at minute, like, Mm -hmm. okay. I don't think I could pass a polygraph test, even if I was telling the truth, because I'd be so anxious. I'd be shitting myself. (laughs) I'd be like, what's your name? I'd be like, "Uh, uh, 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 Jessica. It was me. It was me. (laughs) I finally, I did it. I'd be like, oh my God. And also, tapping his phone, they, he would know, he, like, he's obviously not going to call and be like, So my phone's what tapped, I did. and now yeah. this is when I'm going to do it. Judith never returned home that night, and her parents kind of, like, weren't really concerned at the beginning, because they're like, oh, she's 17, she's going through a rebellious stage, she's out with her friends, like, no big deal, she'll be home later. Which, okay. I get, but I don't get. Mm. I don't know. I get it. It's like, okay, if she didn't come home by like 10 a.m., yeah, but like as a rebellious teen, you're not out for like days at a time. No, no, this is just like the next morning. Oh. They're like, no, she's not home yet. Like, she'll be home soon. Oh, okay, okay. And then they got a knock at the door and they opened the door to two random men. One was carrying nunchucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> swinging them around like on the porch. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. I would be like, I'm sorry. Did somebody hire you? This is awful. <laughs> no, I know. No, he couldn't have been swinging them. <laughs> he couldn't have been. He was swinging them. And like, who even owns nunchucks? I have no idea. Ninjas. I, no, I It was a real life ninja. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That uh, showed up at the door. Who was his friend? Who did he bring with him? And these men turned out to be Ken Barden and Roger Cloutier, which don't get confused because there's a Roger who's her fiance. <laughs> I was about to be like, like, no, doesn't no, drive Roger, and fiance. shows up with nunchucks. And then the ninja accomplice, Roger. And <laughs> the reports say that the men were acting very odd. Well, I would say, I would, I would 100% say that's pretty odd. Okay. They both had nunchucks? No, just one of them. Okay. Just one of them. They told Judith's parents that they heard Judith was missing and they wanted to offer their help. And first of all, at this point, <laughs> no one was missing. <laughs> What? They're like, um, Judy's not missing. She's just still out. 
<laughs> Can you imagine? You open your door and he's like, I heard your daughter well, was missing. <laughs> We're here to help. Like, and then, what? Who, are, who called you? One of the men mentioned that he missed Judy so much and he was in love with her. And at this point, her parents are just standing there like, um, what the heck? Like, who are you? Why do you have nunchucks? And why are you confessing your love to my daughter? And who said she was missing? Like, they didn't even file a missing person's report. They weren't even concerned that she was missing. They were just so confused. And they just, you know. This is a strange one. I know. It's it's good, right? I didn't think it was going to be this in-depth. Well, just that alone, two men showing up with nunchucks, one confessing his love, and the other being like, I'm here to help you find your missing daughter that nobody's actually reported missing. Literally. That, like, nobody thinks is missing. Is it nunchucks or nunchucks? Or nunchucks. I call them nunchucks. Unfortunately, before any questions could be answered about Ken Rogers' mysterious visit, they ended up lawyering up real quick and nothing ended up coming up. Those guys? Yeah, and I feel like in this case, you're going to see a lot of leads that are never followed up with. This is those two right off the yeah. bat should have been right, and then they lawyer up right. Which I is also sketchy. I have no idea where this is headed. So like my mind is like I don't really know like what's weird and what's not because she was lost and then she was found and she's not dead and but she is dead. Oh, we'll just okay. and I <laughs> after that lead died. The trail on the keys actually went cold. Police ended up searching on foot and by air, but there was no signs of Judy or her Dodge Dart. So days turned into months and months turned into years. And finally, in 1983, another lead surfaced. So this is only a year later. The United States Secret Service called Chumsford Police with a tip. The Secret Service had arrested a man named James Mitchell DeBardellabin, who goes by the name Mike. They arrested him for passing counterfeit bills at a mall. It's always, it's always counterfeit bills. Or fraud. Or fraud. Money, always. Money fraud. Counterfeit bills and fraud lead to serial killers because then listen to this oh great so that's what they arrested him for but it wasn't until the arrest that they realized they were dealing with much more than just counterfeit the fbi searched a storage unit that belonged to mike and they found homemade audio and photos of rapes and murders of women and what they call a quote death kit which included shoelaces, handcuffs, KY jelly, chains, and women's bloody underwear. Mike also had a map of Chumsford and a motel receipt that was dated June 4th, 1982, aka the day before Judy went missing. He had photographs of the women that he killed with his face in it, and they were all Polaroids, but the women he didn't kill and he'd raped, it was pictures of him like with his face down so you couldn't see him. And although they had all this evidence, he was actually never charged with any murder, and he's never confessed to murdering anyone, but he did get 375 years in oh. prison, and he died in prison of pneumonia in 2011. Apparently, Mike's convictions are never convicted of murder, tried and convicted in six separate cases for counterfeiting, kidnapping, and assault. So, a few more leads popped up throughout the years, including a call to a family friend from an anonymous woman who called herself Val, and she never provided the last name or any other details about herself. But she said she knew what happened to Judy, but she couldn't tell because she had her life threatened. And before anyone could get any more information on her, which obviously it took months because, first of all, she called anonymously. It was the 80s and they just, like, weren't good at crime back then. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> they just, like, didn't, couldn't do their job. Yeah. So, months later, they finally figure out who this woman is. And find out that she ended up taking her own life. This woman? Yeah. So another mystery on our hands. Okay, then she definitely knew something. I feel as though she knew something because right. something was eating her alive. And then that's it. No more oh. leads until this year. A few weeks ago on the news, a car was pulled from the Concord River in North Billerica area. And just after they found the car, which no. was a no. black 1972 Dodge Dart Swinger, they also found... I have, I have chills. Yeah. I'm like eerie. They also found human remains... 
that were pulled from the river just a little ways away from where they found the car. And these remains were positively identified as Judith by her dental records, which I think is kind of cool because I'm a dental hygienist, so I'm like, ooh, teeth. <laughs> Forensic investigators were surprised that they were actually able to find intact clothing and other personal items in the river after being in there for nearly 40 years. And that included like her purse and her work ID, which usually things like that disintegrate. So it's like, right, that's literally all that we know of right now. And this is a really recent case. And because of that, there's still so many questions and things surfacing every day. So we're going to keep you guys updated when we find out more. It's just surreal to think that like 40 years ago, people thought like, oh my God, we're never going to find her. And then 40 years later, there's still hope that stuff like this can be solved. And her family finally at least gets to bring her home. Yeah. There's like a body that they can bury and have right. a service for. I Would a body last that long in the water? It was definitely really decomposed. They haven't said anything yet and they're still trying to determine a cause of death. But hopefully within the next few weeks that comes out. Was she found in the car? No. Away from the car. So she had to have been weighted down. Right. Or else you would have floated. Floated and, and then landed onto shore. On, yeah. Because if they're pulling it out of the river near the car, then she was weighted down by something. Unless over the 40 years, they, like, the body kind of, like, disintegrated and, like, some parts moved out of the car. I mean, I don't know. Maybe a fish moved it. Like, I really don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. It's literally a mystery. So, first of all, we don't know what those men knew. And what they weren't telling people. We don't know when she went to the party and what happened to her after leaving the party. Because no one's seen or heard from her after that. We don't know what that woman Val knew. Mm-hmm. We don't know what was in her trunk or who that creepy co-worker was. Because they never followed up with him. So many people that it could have been. And the police There's were like... There's so mm. many suspects and the police literally didn't follow up with any of them. I think it was a group effort. I forgot to mention the serial killer was targeting like brunettes in the area. I just think it's a weird coincidence that he had a receipt from that night. Yeah. And he was known for targeting and raping and killing young women. I also think it's weird that two guys show up on the doorstep before she's even said to be missing and they like... Like, when serial killers or murderers or people are so, like, they're so, like, nervous about their crime that they insert themselves into helping, like, right. find who did it. And then they end up screwing themselves because they're so overly helpful that you're like, how and why do you... I think that, or I think that maybe Roger didn't hear from her and was, like, talking to one of his friends be like, oh, I haven't heard from her yet. And then they're like, oh, she's missing. And, like, took that like, as, like, an attention thing and ran with it. But don't, but, like, don't you... When I hear two men... I think of, like, older guys. I don't think of, like, high school. Right. You know what I mean? I think it's a good one because it's local and it's, one, it's also ongoing, which I kind of like. Yeah, and I think that there's going to be, like, new things that come out for it, so it's one that we have to keep up with. What's your theory? What do you think happened? I don't know. For me, it's always the husband or the boyfriend or someone. So many murders happen from jealousy. But the nunchuck thing is sketchy, so, like, maybe he had them help him. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the serial killer, yes, it's coincidence, but I think it's a stretch. Yeah. Because she was driving in her car, so it's like, how would he get a hold of her if he wasn't at the party? So I think it was someone at the party. Her family actually thinks that it was someone she knew or someone at the party. Really? Mm-hmm. And her parents are deceased, but her closest brother, Joe... Her par- Oh, so they don't even know. Yeah. I think it could have been the fiancé, because like you said, jealousy. Right. And usually, like, overly jealous people, when it leads to an argument, it could be, like, you get so mad and you might do something you shouldn't do. So it could be something like that. It's so... In this case alone, which I haven't experienced a case where there's so many scenarios, and it's, like, if someone's threatening that Val girl's life, maybe, like, she witnessed something that she wasn't supposed to witness. I don't know. The way that the 
reports show Roger, it doesn't feel like he's an actual suspect. Like, he seems pretty clean cut. They said that it didn't seem like it was suicide because she was super close with her family. She was in a loving relationship, had a steady job. Like, there was nothing crazy going on in her life. But her brother did say that she was having some rebellious years and that she was getting into, like... He didn't say, like, drug activity, but he was like, oh, she's probably in, like, some sort of criminal activity. But, like, petty stuff. Mm. I have so many questions about this, honestly. And they still don't know a cause of death. Oh, they weren't only able to do it by dental records. They also matched the VIN number of the leftover pieces of car. Hmm. But, I don't know. What do you think? Yes and no. Like, you could, like, it might, like, if the body wasn't found near the car, it was just found in the river. Yeah. I don't know if you could be like, oh, like, maybe you could. Right. But I'm also not a police, so, like, I don't really know. But, like, what if it was her brother driving the car? Right. Or what if somebody, that murder rapist, serial killer, took her, buried her somewhere else, picked up another girl in that car? And you're not going to know of fingerprints or anything because it was underwater for so long. Yeah, I was going to say because the body would be bloated, but floating usually happens, like, within a week. And right. I don't know what happens to a body when you would... Plus, if a body's in the water, it usually travels, like, 50 feet, right? Only? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Average. Um, but, yeah, so that was today's case. I know it's going to leave you with tons of questions, but we will keep you updated when we find out more. Also, we have a little... Um, that was a good one because we haven't covered a case like that before. Yeah, I thought it was good. I liked that. Just Lost and found cases. All right. Well, guys, that was today's case, so I hope you enjoyed it. We'll keep you updated when we hear more. Um, And stay tuned next Monday for another case. Until then, we hope that you keep it spooky. And if you want to contact us and send us your spooky stories, you can send them to us at killandtellpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at killandtellpodcast. And we love you guys so much, and we'll see you next Monday. Um, You can also find us at... Ah. I'm not sure. You, oh, uh, uh, kill and tell pod on Twitch. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye.